Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, hello, and welcome to Mapping the College Audition a podcast where we explore the landscape of the college theater world and try to demystify this daunting audition process. I'm your host, Charlie Murphy, director of MTCA, Musical Theater College Auditions. And today we have a spunky fun show lined up for you. Uh, Allison Blackwell is a longtime friend of my partner and a newer friend of mine. Uh, She's also a fabulous MTCA song coach and a really incredible vocalist, which you'll get to hear tiny snippets of on the pod today. Very exciting. Um, This is another one of our artist exploration series where we're going to look at the college process and what carry forward into the career of some successful artists today. Um, We're continuing our different paths series for the past few episodes where we're going to look at different people who didn't just get a BFA in acting and musical theater, but have forged a really successful path for themselves in a different way. Allison talks today about the decision between making performing a career or a hobby Uh, She talks about joining a conservatory-style program after being in a BA environment. She talks about the humility of being great, but being told you have more work to do. She talks about learning how to balance your checkbook. Um, And there was much controversy about whether she did or did not need math Well, after college. We'll we'll have to get into it. She talks a lot about the value of regional theater and growing as an artist and a performer. Um, And she talks about acting on a screen in this new virtual world of how much even theater is going to be about acting on a screen. Let's get into that interview with Allison. Well, it is such an honor to have Allison Blackwell on the podcast. Uh, Allison went to Spelman College, where she got a BA in English and theater, and then the Boston Conservatory, where she got an MM in music. Um, Allison has done a lot of Broadway shows, including Pretty Woman, uh, Night with Janis Joplin, Porgy and Bess, and The Lion King. She's also performed with, I think, every orchestra in the country. It seems like literally every city that has an orchestra, she's performed there. Um, she just finished a run of Who Could Ask? for anything more the songs of george gershwin at barrington stage company which is why she missed my baby shower i'm not bitter about it uh and she's also an mtca song coach so we're so honored to have you on the pod today allison how you doing i'm great how are you thank you for having me oh of course um let's dive right into the audition or the college sort of um look at things way back when, when you were 16, 17, if you can kind of remember what you were thinking about, not way back when, let's not make it sound like that. I just mean way back when. Watch it, watch it. No, but seriously, it does feel like eons ago, but yes, 16, (laughs) 17, Allison, Allison Miller back then, not Blackwell, because Blackwell's my stage name, secret. Um, 16, 17, honestly, I didn't know what I wanted to do. 
Mm. I loved music. I loved performing. I was in choirs. I was in theater. I was playing violin, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. But I know that I loved music and both my Mm. parents were musicians, concert pianists and conductors of orchestras. So I was immersed in music my whole life. But I just at 16, 17 didn't know what if I wanted to just make this a profession, but I knew that mm-hmm. I wanted it to be a part of my life. Do you remember what your list looked like? Like what, how many schools did you apply to? What kinds of schools did you apply to? Oh, I, the list was about small six or seven. Half mm-hmm. were all women's schools, interestingly enough. Hmm. And then some were just a mix. Um, so about six or seven. And my top two were Spelman College, which I went to, and St. Olaf. Mm. Interesting enough, um, because it had a great music choral program. And Minneapolis, you know, has a great theater world too there. And Mm -hmm. so I wanted to meld both the world of vocal singing and also theater. Um, So those are my two. In Atlanta, of course, Atlanta Symphony Orchestra, Alliance Theater, it had Mm -hmm. a strong theater program. So Mm -hmm. that was in my mind. And then we'll talk, we'll get a little deeper into it, but but just tell me a little bit about, so how many, were there years between Spellman and Boko or what what kind of prompted the the MM then that came later? Right. So I, I got a degree in English because I initially decided to be an, an entertainment lawyer. Um, hmm. I got a drama. Yeah. So I decided to go that route because I loved performing, performers, I love performing, but I didn't know if I wanted to make that a career. So I took a year off and worked for Congress for a year in D.C., for Why is that not in our bio? I should have read that. That's oh, awesome. no. I, it, no, It's a, another kept secret. I worked for <laughs> Congresswoman Stephanie Tubbs-Jones of Cleveland, Ohio, which is where my family's nice. from, Cleveland, Ohio. And so I took a year off and did that, and I didn't like it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't like it because all I wanted to do was sing. And I was singing at work. They were tapping me on my shoulder, like, please stop singing. <laughs> and I started to perform in D.C., Baltimore Symphony Orchestra. I ended up doing a concert there. Uh-huh. And I just realized up through the year that this wasn't for me. And that's when I applied to basically two schools at that time had an MM because uh-huh. now it was changed to MFA. Um, uh-huh. But Boston Conservatory and I think Cincinnati had the program. Right. And this was, you were specifically looking at musical theater then or were you thinking about music in general? Musical theater and masters. I didn't want mm-hmm. to go back four years and do it a BFA or B, uh-huh. whatever. So totally I looked specifically for a master's program that will kind of give me what I needed. And Boston was the best choice. It was still near to the East Coast um, and my family, my parents. And Boston was another great theater town mm-hmm. um, and near New York. So I could audition for New York as well if I wanted to. So that was Heck that yeah. year break that I took. Uh, I love it. Um, so let's we'll do a little bit of like now look at the college years and we'll do maybe a little, I'm going to say the college years and then the grad school years. Right. Um, we'll do it a little bit kind of doubled. Mm-hmm. Let's just start off with Spellman and tell me a little bit like maybe in a couple words, what was the experience of Spellman like for you? So what, what was the actual experience of going there? What did it feel like to be a Spellman student? I found those four years who I was and um, I just feel like in the when I was in high school, I didn't know who I was and who who should I be, and and you know those four years allowed me to figure out who I was and what what I was meant to do. I was meant mm-hmm. to do greatness and be great at everything I did. Not saying I didn't know that in high school, but the four years really gave me pride, dignity, uh-huh. um, and the tools to not only be a performer but also to survive in the world. Meaning to balance mm-hmm. a checkbook have an academic career, a great program so that I could really go into the world and be prepared for whatever I wanted to do. So prepared, Mm. dignity, hope. 
Yes. I love that. And then what if I asked you the exact same question about Boko? What was the experience of Boko like? So oh, how would that be maybe differ from, yeah. from this moment? I mean, that's a conservatory. So honestly, ripped me down and built me back up. Hmm. I mean, it, it just ripped me down as far as humbled me and then built me stronger. So I was even stronger to go into New York City because hmm. I thought I was I great. That. I thought I was great. But getting there, it's like, mm, yeah, you're fine. But so are all these other people. And so it was a humbling situation, especially being older in a master's program. It was humbling being told you're great, but you have a lot of work to do. Uh-huh. And knowing in those two years that I had to work triply hard to catch up to all the other people who had four years at Carnegie, at Juilliard, and are going for a master's program because I didn't have mm-hmm. that kind of experience. So built me up, um, tore me down, built me up, but left feeling even stronger than Spelman College, honestly. I love it. Okay, we're going to play the first of two games today. The first game is going to be about your Spelman College experience. So this is a college flashback round. Okay. Your answers, the only thing you're being graded on in your answers are the number of questions you're able to answer within 60 seconds. Now, if you choose to be funny, if you choose to tell us stories, that's your choice. But you're trying to get the the record so far is 12. We've had one person get 12 answers in 60 seconds. I'm going to ask you questions about your Spelman experience as best as you can remember. Okay. The hardest class for you in school? Math. Social butterfly or bookworm? Social butterfly. Uh, Something on your dorm room wall that you remember? Princess Diana. Class that you've never used again in your life? Oh, God. Spanish. (laughs) Uh, No, no, take that back. Oh, no. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, like math. No, I used that. (laughs) Classmate you learned the most from. Schoolmate you learned the most from. Oh, Jesus. Nicole. Nicole Hopkins. Uh, Nicole. Worst fashion choice you made in school? Oh, God. Not wearing a bra. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you ever possess a fake ID? No. Do you ever sleep through a class? Yes. Most embarrassing costume you wore in college? Oh, God. That West Side Story outfit for Velma. Your worst college audition hiccup? Uh, Lost the words and threw the sheet music up in the air. Um, Part you want to go back and play again in college? Ella Fitzgerald. Oh. That Ella. Oh gosh, it was close. You wasted was too much time on the math or Spanish I know, or Spanish. I know, math. it's horrible. That was you horrible. You don't use any of it again, you know. Ugh. Um, Megan, uh, how did we do there? Very close. It felt very close. I know. If we're, ca- we're counting the last answer, it's 11. Ooh. Oh, so close. Ooh, that's fine. So that's close. fine. It was that math. It was math Spanish. And I realized, you do new math. How dare you? I couldn't remember. <laughs> it's about bouncing a checkbook. Come on. Uh, I know. I was like, oof. Um, Princess Diana on the dorm room wall? I loved her. And she died my second year in college. Uh-oh. No, her... don't date yourself. Allison. No, it's fine. Now, now, I'm now not can old, do, honey. Do That's fine. No, honey. Don't. don't. It's fine. <laughs> um, I loved her. And so I just loved everything about her, her dignity, her just just her presence. And just, just a, mm. felt like a good-spirited woman. And I just I feel like I loved her. So that mm. was definitely a, on my wall. I love the audition hiccup. I feel like that's a good thing to do today if you forget the words. Just fling them up in the air and let oh, it go. I full, I, when I tell you full on, I reenact it for my aunt all the time and she laughs the whole time. It was literally for the whiz, no um, no bad news. And I just got lost after screaming for like two minutes. And I was just like, no bad news, <laughs> no bad news. It was it was a nightmare. You must have booked. No, that must didn't have been get a book. No, didn't get no. it. I shouldn't have. It was a sham. Um, super fun. Um, let's just do a little slower back, and maybe now let's think about the Boko experience, where you're yes. now getting this um, really intense training. I like how you said that sort of tore you down and then kind yeah. of built you back up. What is maybe the biggest thing that you take away from like in the tearing down and the building back up? I'm so grateful that this was added in, um, skill set wise. Oh, so many things, but you know what. 
just don't surf through the words and the music. Hmm. Really think about what you're singing about, interpretation. You know, I just loved singing. You know, we all love singing, but when you really break down what these words are saying, what the music, how the music is connected to the words, it's important. And I felt I just surfed through stuff because I could just sing. Uh-huh. And they really were, they really told me like, Allison, you can't just sing. Mm-hmm. You have to act. Everyone has a great voice at a certain point, but what separates you from everyone else is going to be how you interpret the song and the lyrics mm-hmm. and the music. And you have to find your own way. Don't copy Audra. Don't copy Marin. Don't copy Rebecca Luger. Find your own way to sing and interpret these songs. So mm-hmm. I think that was the thing that really tore me down the most was like, you have to do the work. It's great advice. Um, what about if you could now go back now these years later with all this experience under your belt, what would you go back and teach at that school? If you could go, I would add this class in, or if you wouldn't teach it, you go, someone else should teach this, but I was missing this um, from my training program. I just feel that there just needs to be a class about quote unquote, balancing your checkbook. What do you mm-hmm. do when you can't perform when you do have a break? You know, I worked at Gap and Macy's for a little while to make money. <laughs> But, you know, there's there's temping. There's other things you can do. I think there should be a class that teaches children what to do when you have mm-hmm. a break. Because that was hard for a lot of my friends. Like, what do I do? All I know is to sing and dance and act. And that's true. But you also have to know how to use the other tools that you were gifted with besides performing. Because some people can so direct. True. Some people can write. Why not get into that? Why not figure out what else you can do? So I think a class that also explores what else you can do to to supplement your income is very, mm-hmm. very important. I think so true. And, and, and sometimes, even if the school's not actually teaching the opposite, the opposite is almost encouraged. Like I remember um, alumni coming back and saying, well, I never had to work a day job in my life. Like it was like, the, they're so proud. I'm like, yeah. well, good for you. And back yeah. then I was like, that's amazing. I want to be that person. Yeah. And now I'm like, well, good for you, whatever. Yeah. Like, you know. And that's the goal. The goal is to go to New York or wherever you're going, Chicago, Philly, wherever you you, you land and to work consistently. That's wonderful. But that's one or two percent right. of us that are able yes. not to have to get some type of other income. And, and that's just reality. And I think right. it should be taught and told not to make people yeah. scared, but just the reality of, of survival and this business. Right. That you could be the phenomenally successful Allison Blackwell or Allison Miller, we've discovered here on the pod today, <laughs> breaking the cake. Um, but that you could be phenomenally successful and have to work at the Gap at some point Absolutely. in your life, or have to, or be yeah. teaching, or doing other yeah. things. That it's just there's gonna be in the course of a long career yeah. moments where you're not always employed. Absolutely, and that's okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think there's shame put on on that if you are not working. What are you doing? Oh, I'm working at Gap. Oh, I'm sorry. It's like no, you're don't be sorry. It's job. it's fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. You know. So, um, yes. okay, we're going to take a really short break. And then when we come back, we're going to play a Broadway Divas trivia oh, game. Oh, Lord. Okay. Okay. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back with Allison Blackwell, and we're going to play 
our little-known Broadway Divas trivia game. These are some little-known facts about some Broadway divas, all of whom that you know and or have worked with in some capacity. Oh, Lord. Okay? I hope I don't get This is trouble. a fill-in-the-blanks style game. Okay. So you, your own honor code, but we'll just say the first thing that comes to your mind is the right answer okay. for us. Okay? Oh, gosh. Okay. You ready? Audra McDonald is auditioning to play the lead in the new musical version of Game of Thrones. What song does she sing? Oh, come on. I mean, it had to be something from Marie Christine. Uh-huh. Wait, what from Marie Christine? Uh, uh, um, beautiful. <laughs> I, I don't know. Beautiful. So maybe yes. something like that. I just needed a little bit of it. I needed to hear a little, you know? Yeah, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. Talking about Jon Snow. About Jon Snow. At least you talk about, <laughs> talk about Jon's beautiful. That's Audra Ann. Audra Ann. <laughs> All right. Anne L. Nathan uh, is doing her fabulous one-woman show entitled The L Stands for Leslie. What is her closing number? Oh, how dare you. Um, I would love to hear her sing. I would love to hear her sing And the World Goes Round. Real talk. Oh. I think she would slay that. Do we get a little preview of that too as well? Uh, oh, how dare you. Sometimes <laughs> you're happy and sometimes you're sad. But the world goes round. Heck yes. Yeah. That, you didn't know you'd be singing today. I'm sorry. It's fine. I'm warmed up. I'm very warm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Samantha Barks oh, okay. is about to adopt a rare and endangered pet animal. What is she adopting? Okay. Uh, what is she adopting? <laughs> I feel like she would love a koala. I love koalas, oh. but she, you know, cause Ivy, her, um, her, her baby is like furry and stuff. So I'm going to say a koala. She's already got a furry baby. Yeah, and so she now a she furry wants baby, a koala. So I'm going to say koala. Alicia Umpress is it going all out for Halloween 2021 and looking absolutely fabulous. What is she going as? I don't know. I feel like in some way, like a Katy Perry ish outfit oh because that body for me is snatched uh-huh so I, I feel like something like early Katy perry baby i'm a fly like something in that era uh-huh. um yeah i feel like something okay. that with lots of color anything with lots, lots of, of color. color but not yet into the tiger she's not a full tiger no, roar no, ti- it's, no tiger it's roar. That. i feel like it's colors i feel like it's lots of colors mm. that's I her style that's yeah correct. okay elizabeth stanley oh. is dressed to the nines attending the met gala what is she wearing on her head? Child, she needs to be wearing a crown as far as I'm concerned right now. Carrying that child, child. So a crown, she's going to wear a crown. That Beyonce, remember that thing Beyonce had when she was pregnant and did that performance on that um, award show? She's going to have a crown, a gold a crown. A full crown. A full crown. That's an aggressive choice. I think that would be, I would be like to see that. I would enjoy that very much. Uh, Allison, you have won the little known Broadway Divas trivia game. Oh. Five for five. Oh, five yeah. answers. All correct. Unbelievable. Yes. Very fun. Thank you for that. Yes. Um, I'd love to do a little bit about uh, your professional life as well. Yes. So maybe tell me a bit about like, so now you've graduated. You spent the year. You went to Congress. Amazing. Yes. Yes. Now you've gone to BOCO. Yes. You've graduated. Yes. What was it like navigating those first couple of years of being in New York City or, you know, trying to make be a professional actor? How did that go for yeah. you? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I left to go and do Pittsburgh Civic Light Opera Dreamgirls right out of Boston Conservatory to work with Norm Lewis, Billy Porter, Mm. Montego Glover. And so just that experience alone got me excited to go into New York. And I remember Mm -hmm. seeing Billy Porter on the street and he told me, I was like, I got to get on Broadway. I got to get on Broadway. And he said to me, go do regional theater. That's Mm. where you're going to get 
all your experience to learn the roles you need to because Broadway, it's going to be hard for you to get certain roles. But regional mm -hmm. theater is where you're going to grow as an artist and as a performer. Go and take those roles. Broadway is not mm -hmm. going anywhere. Go. And I listened to him. And right away, mm -hmm. about three or four months after I came to New York City, I booked Paper Mills Ragtime. And then from there, I continued to work regionally for, mm -hmm. for a while until I basically did Porgy and Bess. Um, Lion mm -hmm. King, Las Vegas, 2009. So I was regional regional theater, but I was working mm -hmm. Gap and, and temping until I got that show. And then I just kept doing show after show and auditioning for regional theater, Sacramento Music Circus, um, you know, all, all that type of stuff all over the country, basically. And so mm -hmm. that was basically my experience. But that golden advice from Billy really changed my perspective because we're told Broadway, Broadway, Broadway. But him saying to me, who to star legend, go mm -hmm. into regional theater. There's nothing wrong with going to regional theater and growing as a performer. It changed my whole trajectory and my whole life and my career. Honestly. It's really interesting. That's very similar advice as our queen Elizabeth Stanley gave us as well. Yes. So not, not surprising that the two of you are so close. Um, what, what about other places where you felt like um, connections from school um, or the school's reputation sort of gave you a leg up in booking work? Was it more about the, the actor you graduated or were there places where you go, it was really helpful having this degree or having these people that I met in school who were able to get me in this door, et cetera? Yes. I, I, feel, I, I feel like Boston Conservatory definitely helped because master's program we didn't really get a showcase which is mm -hmm. which is hard where the freshmen kind of did but we got to have people come to visit Boston Conservatory and I definitely made some connections through there meeting some casting people and getting in the door initially um, mm -hmm. I didn't have an agent when I came to New York I was just going to open calls for a long time mm -hmm. um, so I think Boston Conservatory did help me but it was my sheer will and just my hustle personally that I feel helped me a lot more than the name and, and my talent. Because mm -hmm. um, I was still studying, even though I didn't have a lot of money, I was still studying voice. I was still trying to take acting classes. I was still trying to stay um, in, in, a, in an educational place because you know mm -hmm. I, I wasn't working as much, but I wanted to stay on top of my craft. And I think mm -hmm. that made the difference a little more than the name of the Boston Conservatory for me. Totally makes sense. And are you, is there anything you're doing at the moment to continue your education? Are you taking any classes or voice lessons or uh, are you keeping that, that sort of um, seed growing of, of the educational mindset? I mean, for me, I have kind of switched on taking classes for TV film and commercials. Mm -hmm. That has been kind of my move since the pandemic kind of hit is moving into there. I, I just got a commercial agent a little while ago, but it's something that I was really trying to get into. So the classes I've been taking have primarily been, TV, film, and commercial. But I, if mm -hmm. I have like Gershwin, I prep with my coach to prepare mm -hmm. for the Gershwin material. So I have a coach, but regular weekly or monthly right now, not as much because there's just not a lot of theater opportunities right now. Yep. But yeah, whenever I have a show, I definitely am coaching and getting the voice together. I love that. Um, let's do a couple questions as an MTCA coach. So okay. um, I'd love to hear a little bit about stuff that you've learned now coaching this process. Um, maybe just start off like, what have you learned from working with our students? Any, any big surprises of, oh my gosh, now I'm, I've really learned about this process differently um, sort of from the student perspective. I, I think the biggest thing I tell everyone, I, just who they admire and how different it is from when I was coming up in the ranks. So I'm used to hearing like, oh, Audra or uh -huh. Marin or like LaShawn's or, you know, uh, uh, um, you know, 
those type of people, Glenn Close, Patti LuPone, and they're saying totally different people. Who are they saying? Like Ben Platt, <laughs> Lauren Patton, oh, um, uh-huh. Adina Menzel. Uh-huh. She's my age too, but you know, like it's just different people and they're not saying Audra. They're not saying uh-huh. when I say, who do you admire? Who do you look up to? It's a whole different. So I think it's just the mindset. It's a whole different generation and what music they're hearing. And they're not uh-huh. hearing the same people that I grew up with. Um, so that was a big, that's a big difference. And so my goal is like, okay, well, how about we listen to Audra sing this or <laughs> LaShawn sing this? Let, let's yeah. go to these original casts. Um, we love Ben. We love Adina. We we love Cynthia Revo's great. She's she's great. But let's listen to some of the, you know, these other people saying it. So I think that's uh-huh. been the biggest lesson for me is that you can't assume that who you relate to, the kids relate to just because you're in mm-hmm. the same field. So I think mm-hmm. that was a big lesson for, for me as far as that. And, yeah. and how do you feel like the... The process is different. Is there anything that's like you feel like is either harder for them, you know, now in 2021 as opposed to when we did it way back when or any place where it's easier? Just I mean, it's obviously a very different process. Yeah, I just feel like they're juggling. It just feels like they're juggling a lot more than I was for some reason. Mm -hmm. Whenever I talk to my students, they're totally like overwhelmed with Uh so much. And maybe it's because of the pandemic as well. But I sense a lot more stress than I kind of remember feeling when I was applying mm-hmm. for, you know, grad school or college. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think there's a lot more stuff you have to worry about now. So I think yeah. I hear a lot more stress in the, in the kids preparing for pre-screens and getting the music together and the cuts. And um, that is, I think, a difference, I, I yeah, feel. It's so true. I think, yeah, when we were growing up, anxiety was not a word that I heard a lot. Yes, and now it's yes. like every student will talk about, I have anxiety. I mean, it's like, that's, that's almost a given. Yes. Um, what about the industry as a whole? I'd love to talk a bit about like, how do you feel like it's changing in this year of 2021? Um, you know, both with the questions about uh, demands for racial equity, yes. the questions about, you know, equity in general uh, on, in the Broadway world, but also just like, the pandemic and the virtual world that we're living in and how that may be changing the business. I'd love to hear a little bit like kind of where you think we are now and where you think we might be going, not to make you prognosticate on the next five years, but wherever we think we might be. This is like a two part answer. I think we're now in a virtual world and and that's something that we didn't deal with when I was younger, but Mm -hmm. now I feel like it's the year and the years of the camera Mm -hmm. knowing how to, sing, act on camera, what side is best, the right makeup, the right microphone. It's, it's a whole different world. And I think that's the additional stress for the kids as well. They're now technicians on top of having to decide what to sing and then produce the producing basically everything. And so I uh-huh. think that's the game changer for all of us is that it's a new day, new dawn. We're now technicians in addition and producers in addition to performers. So I think that's a new thing that I don't think is going to change for a long time. And I think it's probably going to stay for Mm -hmm. longer than we thought initially it would. Um, How is theater changing or adjusting to what's been going on the last couple of years? Um, I won't know that until I step back in a theater, to be honest Mm -hmm. with you. A lot of people are doing lots of wonderful things, and we definitely see changes in artistic directors and programs and and funding. But for me, I think about what about when I step into a show? What are the protocols for COVID? How are we going to protect it for mental health days if we have to take off because I'm not mentally well? That Mm -hmm. type of stuff, racial stuff, 
discussions, EDI training, all that stuff. I have, I won't be able to answer until we, people get back in the room and we start hearing what's really mm -hmm. going on. But so far, I think there's been lots of great progress. We have a lot to still do, but I think there has been good progress. And I think mm -hmm. if people still stay on that course and just remember, it's not about you, it's about we, I think we'll be in a better place. Mm. So well said. Um, what about uh, in sort of in wrap up? Is there any uh, like big piece of advice you would give to let's say a young artist, maybe a young artist who's just graduating from school and kind of figuring out what their sea legs are as they kind of enter this business? Um, what would you want to say to them? What what piece of advice would you give them? Yes, you? I would say always remember your journey is your journey. Do not compare yourself to anyone else's successes or what they're going through. I felt coming out of school stressed to be on Broadway and like I have to get, you know, uh, but as I got older, I realized just do your own path, be on your own journey. Don't compare yourself to other people. It's just fruitless and it's just not healthy. So that's what mm -hmm. I would say to a younger self, a younger Allison, just follow your path, work on your craft, be prepared, be a good person, stay humble, just worry about you. And, and growing artistically as a person, and you will be fine. Trust your mm. path and be kind to yourself in your journey and your path. I love it. That's great, great advice. Um, all right. Well, if people loved hearing you today, which I imagine they must have, um, where's the best place to follow you? Are you uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook? Do, are you on all I, these I'm things? I'm on all of them. Instagram, the Allison Blackwell on Instagram. I have mm. a website, AllisonBlackwell.com. Um, I'm on Twitter, a Blackwell NYC. I have a Facebook fan page. You know, you, you can find just Google Alice. Fan Blackwell. page just for Google. Alice Blackwell is what I have. Yes. Yeah, that seems yeah. great. <laughs> okay, okay. The number four. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Well, Allison, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was such a pleasure getting to chat with you. Yes. Thank y'all. Okay, well, I hope you enjoyed listening to Allison as much as I enjoyed getting to chat with her. Um, isn't she just a sparkling wit and just an amazing um, vocalist and human being? So it was just so fun to get to hang out with her for a bit. Um, I want to take a little bit of a deeper dive into something Allison said, which I think is so smart and something we all as actors um, can recognize this moment, which is the humility of kind of realizing where you are in the world and how you're going to have to deal with it. Um, to make another sports analogy, because of course I'm going to make a sports analogy, I like to refer to this as you're like, welcome to the NBA moment. Or if you prefer a different sport, you can put a different sport in there, right? Uh, athletes will often describe their first encounter with like a truly great player. Maybe they've been great players themselves in college and now that here they are in the NBA. Um, I remember JJ Redick, who's like, was like a really good college basketball player and now is a perfectly good um, NBA player. He was talking about this moment on his podcast, like his very first experience. He got into an NBA game and he was like this like, hot shot player at Duke. He was like whatever player of the year and all these things. And I may be paraphrasing the experience, but it was something like he got in, the guy who he was guarding, like called for the ball, was like, hey, hey give me the ball, like bodied him up, scored. And then he went down the court the other time came back to the court same exact thing happened the call for the ball i got a rookie on me um scored and then he gets taken out of the game and that was like his nba experience it was just like getting scored on twice and then being taken out uh and like famously in in the nba there's often like a, a little comment maybe given like welcome to the nba rook you know sort of from the other players 
for artists, it's not going to be nearly as aggressive as that kind of moment. Um, but the same thing can happen. It's often maybe a moment when you're going to realize that you're not going to be able to skate by on your talent alone. Often in high school, the, those of us who do go to conservatories, those of us who do want to make a professional uh, um, career out of this may have that thing where they go, I am better than other people around me. I, I am able to kind of just, just skate by on my talent. And then you go to a conservatory or sometimes for people to be going, being a big professional show and being full of a talented cast, right? And you're surrounded by that talent and you realize I'm maybe not special just because I'm talented. Everyone else had to get into the school and the show as well. And I think what you choose to do with that moment is so huge, right? Are you the kind of person who keeps kind of banging your head against the wall, just forcing yourself to ride on your talent, insisting that your talent must be so prodigious that it'll carry you even without doing the work? Or are you able to step back and assess where you are honestly and put in the work needed to get where you want to go, right? You might not be special just because you're talented, but you are special for being who you are. So remember what you did that got you, you did get into this school. You did get into this show, right? And what is that thing that you do better than anyone else? How can you hone those skills to make your specialness even more dynamic and specifically yours? And in those areas where you're weaker, how can you keep working to pull yourself up toward that level you want to get to? Even if you know you're never going to be the flashiest dancer in a Broadway cast, can you get that skill to a point where it doesn't hinder your ability to be in an ensemble? If you're never going to be the biggest vocalist, can you work with your voice enough that you get to tell the kinds of stories that you as a special actor can tell with vocal ease? And I think to Allison's point, all of that, it takes a real kind of true humility. In Kenneth's episode, we talked a little bit about like loud humility versus quiet confidence. And this is where I would define maybe a big difference between like outward humbleness or like the act of performing humble and true vulnerable humility to realize here's where I am and here's where I want to be. And for someone like Allison to be able to know I am this fabulous singer, I've, I have been able to ride on my voice, but am I leaning on that and not really diving into my song and terp? And if I want to be that special kind of actor like Audra, like whoever her um, you know, idols are, that's the kind of work that I'm going to have to put in to get to that point. I think it's so important if you're going to progress beyond that first moment of welcome to the NBA and get to where you want to go in your career. Well, if you enjoyed listening to this episode and you want to hear more, you better hit that follow button. We would also appreciate it if you rate and review us. I suggest five stars if you want more NBA slash NFL references and like an ironic five stars if you're the kind of person who calls it sports ball. Um, you can also reach out to us with questions for the pod at mailbag at mappingthecollegeaudition.com. If you're interested in working with MTCA for help with your individual prep for your college audition journey, please check us out at mtcollegeauditions.com. To my young artists out there mapping their journey, find yourself friends who see you in a Beyonce-style crown. They will be friends for life. See you next week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org because only together we rise.